Good morning and welcome to episode. That's what I was going to ask you two seconds before. Is this episode 124 now? Nope, 123. Okay. Good morning and welcome to episode 123 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. Hosted by Aaron Taylor, myself, uh, presented by Loyalty. Go get your booze. Um, yes, this is another week. The 123rd in a row. Haven't missed one. That's pretty much a perfect record. We should be getting some sort of award in the mail anytime now. Oh, speaking of, if the mail ever comes. Yeah. No, seriously. It's, you got mail no problems? Problem. Yeah, I got mail probs, but not like bad mail probs, but just like, dude, this town is so small. I, I just truly just think like there's one lady that delivers the mail and I think she mailed it in. I haven't seen her. I, <laughs> no, for real. We, I haven't seen her drive down the street once all week. Um, garbage men, they show up twice a week, uh, smiling, you know, give them, I give them a uh, some drinks every now and then so i have a real tight bond with with the garbage men and uh maybe i need to start maybe i need to start rewarding the mail lady when she You're comes to tip her did you not tip her last year well no because i wasn't living here last year so it'd be hard to tip somebody. well ben listen it's fucking hard to keep track of where you're living at the moment all right I, yeah i've talked to you multiple times a week i don't even know where you are half the time um well, how are you, bro? I'm great. I don't tip my mail guy either. Fuck that guy. Don't forget. I'm, well, I'm if been there's at anybody war with that him doesn't for forever. Tip fucking mail guy, it's you. That's a fact. <laughs> we have at least four to five episodes of you hating the U.S. Postal Service. I and still do. Titled podcast episode called like "We Fucking Hate the United States Mail <laughs> System." Um, I don't think so it said yeah, that, but something I'm, along those lines. <laughs> I'm probably on the radar too. Yeah, you're guilty by association, which my fault for that. But like, like my girlfriend's birthday is coming up at the end of the month, and I have some things I have to order for her. And it's like, I like, I don't know if I'm gonna even get them shipped to my house. Like, I'm not gonna risk it. I'll probably just get them shipped up to my mom's or my dad's, and that way I don't have to to worry about it. But, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, Ben, I'm good. I was in uh, Westerly, Rhode Island, for I think I think for the first time since. Um, Did you take a lap? the sale of uh, Sacred Sands. Well, actually, I didn't go to Mesquamacate. Uh, you know, I have a, I don't know if I'll ever go to that beach again. I just, I mean, yeah, I don't I need know. to tell you, but like my experience there is so spoiled for so long that how do you go back and sardine can pack it on the state beach? Can't do it. So we went to Watch Hill instead, went to uh, uh, Napa Tree, uh which was lovely yeah you know? that's almost that's almost better anyway because it's like you get the vibe of and we've talked about it before like that going experience in new spots like i mean we would wake up in the morning we would walk you know 55 steps down the fucking right. front deck and park our ass on the beach all day long and never move so um if you really like being lazy as fuck, it's a great option. But if you like being mobile and seeing new things, I don't, it's probably helped us. Yeah, sure. Right. And so it was, you know, it was, it was lovely. Went to, uh, 
Went to Red 36 after for uh, for dinner on the way home, which was uh, also lovely. Uh, you know, Ben, have you ever? I don't know if you ever feel this way. It sounds like a like a football play, like Omaha. Red 36. Omaha. <laughs> Red um, 36. I mean, you're right. It does. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Ben. This seems to happen to me a lot, but like where your timing is so perfect unintentionally when you show up to a place that's like on the cusp of being super busy. Uh, but it's not yet. And you, so like, like the reason I bring this up, we get to red 36 yesterday and it looks like the, you know, the parking lot's full, had to park pretty far away. We get up there. I'm like, this place is going to be packed. And I'm saying to Taylor, as we're walking in, I'm like, like, what's our gauge for how long we're willing to wait. Right. You know, if they say it's an hour wait, like, you know, we're going somewhere else. And she's like, well, let's set it at a half an hour. I said, okay, it's a beautiful day. We're right on the water in mystic, you know, a half hour is not a big deal. We walk up, you know, I say, hey, you, you have room for two. And they say, yep, we get seated right away. Enjoy our dinner, whatever. By the time we were leaving, you know, whatever, hour, hour and a half later, the place is fucking packed. There's like 40 people waiting to get in. And so like our timing, like could not have been more perfect. Do you, that, do you feel like that, that happens to you? And that's when you're like, hey, what do you think we should get a, another bottle of wine and sit here and watch all these people bitch and fucking moan about not having a table? Um, Meanwhile, they sat us at a four top. It was just the two of us. No, that's the best feeling in the world. That's what we say. uh, That's when we say everything is right in the world, you know, in those situations. Yeah, precisely. Um, Right, right, right. That was a lot of rights. Um, But uh, anyway, that's, yeah, you can't beat that with a fucking stick because, dude, yeah, like I I am completely with you. Um, if you want to make an absolute boatload of money, you should move to Mexico Beach and open a restaurant because there's only two here and there's far more than two people here. So, um, believe it or not, like there's more the other than two night, people here. no, the other night we went at seven and we got seated at nine fifteen. Oh my god! So. Um, it's like the best fucking little spot in the world. It's called actually we should bleep this out because, uh, we don't want to, we don't want to, um, make more people even flock there. Cause like, you know, how many subscribers we, we have and everything. Listenership. Like, next yeah. Thing, that place, you know, yeah. Exactly. You won't right. Get in for it's three like, months. Ne- if I fucking say, if I say the word shipwreck raw bar on here, yeah. there's no chance I ever get have back fun going in January, you know, bro. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's so good. Best oysters. I mean, I've ever had in terms wow, of the that's set- saying something. well, in terms of the setup and the scenery and just like, oh, fuck dude, it's, it's just really good. So every, like literally this place is like a, a booming little beach town and there's nowhere to go. So, um, and not to mention, you know, the U S uh, employment uh situation is just not helping anything uh the not owner the, the owner of the place said he he pays every single person 20 the the least he pays anybody at this restaurant is 25 bucks an hour that's that's the, that's, that's the minimum he pays and he says it's probably not enough and the and the, he's like if i want my if i want people to show up to work he's like that's it that's like my bottom line does he do no no gratuity Oh, no, built in no, gratuity too. Yeah. Yes, it's it's 
it's pretty much like a very very good restaurant gig i'd say um never never been a restaurant guy so i i I mean i've read some anthony bourdain books i could pretty much you know (laughs) run a a kitchen if i had to but (laughs) i've never worked in a restaurant (laughs) so i don't know i don't know uh i just well there there are some places like that's becoming a model now where like it you know call it the almost like european model where restaurants will pay pay their employees better by building gratuity already into the tab and then you know if you choose to leave gratuity on top uh that is uh that is your right uh as as an american citizen it's actually funny you say that because i misunderstood what you meant in terms of the gratuity they have gratuity built into the tab already, but then it's like, what is it? They, they, they put like, you know, 18% in. So then you got to tip a little bit more or, or something like that. Maybe yeah. it's 10% in and then you got to finish, finish off the other 10. Right. Right. Um, something like that. But um, didn't we talk about that one time? How the amount of like s- stores, point of sale places that are going to the digital screen like the ipads if you don't have right if you don't have that tip option right in front of your face like you're 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 hurting your employees right because every single time i I don't i never hit no thanks like i'm at least given a dollar or two bucks yep um especially because shayla shout out my little sister you know back when she was working in actually the place we were talking about um, the inlet squamakit she worked down at the inlet and uh you know there was some emotional days for her in terms of uh you know customers being assholes and but she always said that like tipping made everything so yeah it's like i guess like you know we went and got ice cream the other day and it's like four like really young girls working in there it's like they're probably not making much money um it's like and but they got the ipad there it's like how much you want to tip them so they're getting a buck a cone they're getting all day long Uh, i mean on top of the five dollar and 40 cent ice cream cone they're getting another dollar right because it's on the screen right yeah the 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 thing about about like the whole system and how it works is that like listen if you didn't if you just paid you know if if and I'm not I'm not advocating for every restaurant worker to make 25 bucks an hour. That's incredible. I, I that's amazing. But like, if you paid people better, you wouldn't have to ha- rely on people doing the right thing when it comes to tipping. Because like, let's face it, some people are fucking cheap. I I don't know if I've told this story on here before. I'm sure I have, but you know, fuck it. It's 123 episodes or whatever we're on. You know, I I'm sure. Um, I'm sure uh, some people haven't heard it, but uh, there was a night when I was bartending where we had this guy who called and, um, or he said, excuse me, he sent an email ahead of time and was like, uh, I'm coming in with my daughter. She just graduated college, whatever. Uh, You know, we're coming in in a limo. 
we want to reserve the whole end of the bar you know the end of the bar is like a big it's it's a it's a um green onyx bar um that's lit and like heated and has the end of it like has a wrap around so you can sit like four people you know two on each side facing each other they come in they order you know a tomahawk ribeye they the the, the tab all said and done was in the neighborhood of like 1200, 1500 bucks or something like that. And they left less of that. I think it, the total tip they left, we didn't build gratuity in because there was only four of them, uh, was like 8% they left as a tip. And the kicker was as it, they were there all night, they were loud, they were obnoxious. They were like, you know, acting like we were, you know, serving just them. And, uh, at the end of the night, the kicker, one of their sons goes, gets up or their son gets up and goes to the bathroom, comes out, leaves, going to the bathroom after him, puked all over the place. It's like, what the fuck, dude? So it's like the kid pukes in the toilet. They leave an 8% gratuity and they come in in a fucking limo. And it's, it's first of all, it's New Haven, Connecticut. All right. It ain't fucking, you know, downtown Manhattan. Um, oh, wait, this you weren't talking about when you were bartending at the 4040 club. No, that was a different time. Um, and, and like, it, so, you know, if you, if you leave people to their own devices, they're cheap assholes, like is the, the moral of the story. Like, and that's just, that's just it. So, you know, I'm all on board with building gratuity into, into checks and paying your, your staff more. Uh, I think that is a, a lovely idea. Um, Aaron, I just, um, I gotta just, I mean, since we're on the subject, like it's gotta be the hardest time in the fucking in history right now to, to, to own and operate a restaurant. Like the other day, the other day we were in, we had to run some errands in Panama city. And, uh, so we're like, Oh shit, well let's grab some sushi. So we went like, we, we Googled, we use the old Google device, Google some sushi restaurants. We end up going into this little, like a strip mall sushi joint, mm-hmm. like in, in the corner of a, whatever, little shopping mall area. We go in and uh, it was, I thought it was going to be a tiny little restaurant. It was like, there was a storefront and then there was a door with, with no windows or nothing like no storefront and then right next to it there's another storefront with windows so like it looked like you're going in this like little back alley like door and you walk in and it was like actually a very big restaurant nobody's in there not a single person sitting down usually your first good sign about a good sushi <laughs> restaurant and uh there's nothing kid, like no customers no listen to this there's a kid passed out like a teenager passed out on the table with like a big bowl of call them japanese noodles in front of him looked delicious actually so he's full-blown asleep sleeping on the table so then there's a woman who i said there was no one in there there was no one in there dining but so we got the kids sleeping so far we got a couple people people. but get this so then there's this woman that's sitting over in front of like the, the soda machine and she's sitting in front of what looked like I thought at the time was a 
like a handicap, like one of those, like a, a walker, but with wheels on it. Like you could like, yeah. I thought maybe her leg was fucked up and you rest like your leg and scoot yep. around on it. No, 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 no. It was a baby carriage. So we sit down and she comes right over. So we're like, oh shit. Long story short, we had awesome sushi, you know, like yeah. awesome sushi. And, you know, there's a sushi chef in the back that also doubles as the chef of the restaurant. Like he had to come out to the sushi bar, make the food. Either way, it was very good. Um, we got three rolls and we each got a soup. And it was like 40 shit it was like uh i think it was 44 bucks or something pretty good deal for sushi so right no it was pretty it was it was a very good deal we just got water nothing so as we like are walking out i was sitting there trying to comprehend first of all he's got a woman with a stroller maybe it was his wife you know so she's working with a with a child yeah. He's in the back cooking and then I'm guessing it was maybe his older son sleeping over there. So it's noon. Is that the lunch rush? Like did they just make 50 bucks? <laughs> like they got all this fish sitting in their sushi, you know, freezer and all or whatever that is, like the the glass case, you know, yeah. it's you know, looked fresh and everything. But like where he's got this giant restaurant where is the, you know, unless he's doing a shitload of takeout, like who knows how long the guy's been open and how long is he going to be able to stay open? Like, right. and it just like, it just makes me think like, and then you walk outside and there's right down to the left, there's another sushi place. And then right on the right hand side, there's a Chinese buffet. Yep. So it got me thinking, it's like, you know, is everything, is every restaurant like that a front for something or is it just like, no, I mean, I, I say that like, like, like how I can't comprehend, like, you know, I have a pretty good idea of like business and making money and low overhead. And I just can't, I cannot cannot wrap my head around going into the restaurant industry like i just it's just so i mean obviously there's some very very successful restaurants i think sure. it has to do with location and availability like the options around yep um like i got i got a buddy griffin Brackett who owns the port restaurant in harwich port massachusetts aaron they had 150 cases of Bud Light brought in on Friday, on Thursday. Mm. Like he, he Instagrams everything. Last night, he showed a video of at least 500 people in this small little restaurant. Like, insane. Like, that is a restaurant that's absolutely crushing it. But it's a beach bar in a beach town. And, you know, it's obviously only cranking like that in the summer. So you got, that means you got you to gotta slam all of your you know, all the money that you make into a, a three month period, but yep. either way, it's just like, there's a restaurant that's kicking ass. They got great food too. Like, so it's just, it's crazy to me that, you know, 
it always comes back down and we've we've talked about this before but it's like a, a minority or like a non-american owned restaurant they just they go into business and then they close because they quickly realize the you know what it's like here and especially Dude, in a, it is it is not a fun business to be i mean you know what's the statistic 75 percent of restaurants close within the first year or something like that like it's it is not a fun <clears throat> business by any means because, okay, let's say you make it, let's say you make it through the first year. It, it doesn't like all of a sudden get easier. It's like one of the hardest businesses to run you and like dealing with restaurant staffing, like the people that work in the hospitality industry are like a very special breed of people that, you know, let's face it, are not always the easiest to like deal with. And so it's just, it's a constant like war, but you know, it takes a, you, there's sickos out there that love it. There's people who truly love it. And like, you know, it is intoxicating. I've, I've worked in a couple different restaurants doing a couple different things. And like, it, it's, I've always enjoyed it, but it's long hours. It's hard work. It's, it's, you know, the money's not fantastic, but some places really get it and really make it. The, the restaurant across the street from me, Tavern on State, um, they, they opened on my birthday in 20, 19 and uh uh happy belated birthday by the way ben i i hope it was uh, i hope you had a great great day um hey i appreciate that i was wondering when you were gonna say it to me even though uh it didn't really matter because you were one of the first persons that uh texted me on my actual birthday yeah yeah but, yeah uh, yeah you, you just want you want our giant listenership to know that it was your birthday too got it you no know, actually i didn't I, I didn't. And not only that, the first thing I said to my fiance or on Thursday night going to bed, I was like, you want to know what fucking sucks? And she's like, what? I'm like, I'm going to have to field all these damn calls tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like I don't want a birthday. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's tough, I getting, it's if I, being if I get 330 million text messages after this, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> and by the way, Ben's number is, uh, <laughs> so the, the place across the street from me, Tavern on state, they opened on my birthday in 2019. Right. So you, so they had what nine months before COVID hit, but you know, they kind of, they kind of had a good reputation right from the jump. It's a, it's a guy. Uh, it's a guy who was like a, ran a bunch of drink programs in New York city and the chef slash co-owner is this woman who also worked in New York city, great menu, you know, like upscale American food. Uh, really like the last time I went there with Taylor, I had a lamb burger, uh, that was fantastic. Um, so anyways, you know, they opened nine months before COVID they, you know, make it through. It's a small little place. They won, Connecticut restaurant or, or new restaurant of the year from the Connecticut, um, uh, whatever the fuck that, uh, organization is that hands out all the awards, to all those places, the reader's uh, digest, excuse me. No, the Connecticut restaurant association, those the, oh. the crazies. Yeah. Connecticut restaurant association. They won the award for best new restaurant. So they survived through COVID, uh, maybe a little over a year ago, about a year ago, they opened provisions on state, which is a butcher shop. Uh, about two, three doors up the street from the restaurant. Um, that place is thriving. I've gotten, I've gotten, you know, meat from there a handful of times. That's, that's all been excellent. You know, a little pricey, but you, you pay for that, getting it from a butcher shop as opposed to 
stop and chop or when I buy chicken breast at stop and chop, it takes me 25 minutes to then clean up the chicken breast because they just throw it into a fucking industrial grinder. And they just opened up another place up the street in Fairhaven called uh, Fairhaven Oyster Company, which, uh, you know, I'll be checking out soon. But anyways, the, oh, my, point, my point being is that like, there are just sickos out there who love it and will continue to expand. Now, I do think the bigger you get, the somewhat easier it does become because you um, like you can you can hire more help. You can delegate more and and, you know, get the right people in the door helping. Um, but, yeah, you're, you got to be a sicko to, to love the restaurant industry and, and want to do it. You know, I you can't even get me to bartend anymore. So, um, yeah, man, it's something. <sighs> shit dude I, I read this article the other day um it was uh some billionaire now i forget his name but um he was like he was talking about his predictions for like the market and everything yep and he's talking about this that we're not even fully in it right now and he's you know predicting the recession to start in the beginning of 2023 so I'm like, you know, how we've talked plenty of times about like the snowball effect of kind of what's happening and what COVID did and push back all the, the shipping and all the, mm-hmm. you know, all that shit. It's like, what if we still haven't even really felt the effects yet? Right. What if it's still, you know, right now it's, we're, you know, we're still getting by, but you know, we're, we're talking about the mail before like the mail is slow. My mom had sent me something like a couple, I would say last month. And, uh, it was, it was some identification. It was when I got my shit stolen in Costa Rica, they took my, my Connecticut pistol permit. So right. I had to like, you know, get all this shit notarized and and send it back and forth and whatever. So my mom was getting my stuff sent back to me and, uh, she sent it on like a Tuesday, we'll call it. Yeah. It didn't come until so Tuesday through Saturday, nothing. Yeah. The following week through Saturday, nothing. The next Wednesday it came. Okay. So I was already about to go through the process of, I was like, I don't think this is coming and I'm going to have to redo it again. And then sure enough, it, it, it like came, I don't know what that says for anything, but like the old trusty mail used to be a little bit trustier than, than that. (laughs) Like, you know, the pony express, they rode through fucking everything, you know, wind, rain, fucking snowstorms or was that the newspapers that delivered your shit no it's the mail rain sleet or snow Um, that's the motto rain sleet or snow right that's exactly what i was going for and uh like that that's just not in the cards anymore so i do see us going to like a fully like digital automated world because at this point the you know it's not working the system's not it's broken as they say yeah 
well, I think we got a lot of we got a lot of WD forty on the on the system right now, and we could just use a, a little bit one. more duct tape. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the the uh, the other thing too is that you just you're you're seeing a generation of workers that are coming up that just don't want to work as hard, you know, and and the mail used to run smoother because you, the generation of people that were working for the postal service were hardworking individuals who, you know, took it seriously where, you know, we have a generation of, of kids coming up that don't want to work as hard or, or want to find other avenues. And, you know, let's call a spade a spade is delivering the mail the hardest thing in the world. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I don't think so. Cause I know it all, like it all gets sorted and then loaded into your truck. So you just drop it off where it's supposed to go. Apparently that's too difficult for my male guy, but, um, you know, I think we, you've got a, a generation coming up where that job isn't appealing. You know, do I want to be a male guy and walk around outside all day? No, and, I, and I totally get that. And it's like, I'm, I'm about to say something right now. That's like, Oh boy. Well, we obviously haven't worked in a while. I mean, if you go back and listen to the episodes, it's been like, fucking trip after trip after fucking trip and there hasn't been much time for like working so yeah um i am marrying an extremely hard-working woman like crazily and we basically decided we were like shit we need to do a little something right now you know replenish the the accounts since you know i'm down just a ungodly amount of money right now so we walked across the street to the neighbor and you know, or we didn't even walk, we were outside, whatever. And uh, we, this is our, this is our exact wording. It was uh, Hey, Mr. Gary, if you know of anybody that, that needs any work done or anything random, let us know. Hmm. He responds with, he's like, Oh man. He's like, I need my palm trees pruned right, right now. He's like, I'm too old. I can't get up there and prune them. He's like, I'll give you $25 a tree if you, if you prune our palm trees. We're like, done, perfect. Like, at this point, it was 11.30. We are about to go in for lunch. We're like, we'll start after lunch. So Mr. Gary had six trees. It took us three hours to do that, done, cleaned up, back. So that was the start. As we're doing it, he starts calling people around the neighborhood. Okay, Aaron, it took us in 14 days, we did over 80 palm trees and we made about 5,000 bucks. Not bad. So it was like, why did we do that? Because we simply asked for some work, yeah. shit that people don't want to do. And next thing you know, there it is. Every single person that we trimmed a tree for had um, another person for us. Yep. And now we got two fence jobs to do. Yep. So I don't even know, like, to me, that's where I kind of was like, you know, I'm constantly thinking about business and doing all this different shit. But I mean, yeah, we worked our balls off. It was hot as shit. It's in Florida. But it's there it's like if you want it it's there not to mention 
every single one of those days, you know, it was, uh, it was not even a full day. So if you really broke it down into, you know, the amount of time we probably spent eight full days working. So decent, decent. Yeah. And it's not even, it's not like meant to be anything other than fucking nobody wants to do anything. Yeah. The one fucking landscaping crew in town charges 50 bucks a tree. Yeah. And it's like, okay. We're going to have a little, little price war going on soon. Yeah, they're well, out of business. No, but it's not, but they, no, it's not even that at all. They got too much work to even right, handle. Right, like right. they can't, they don't even have time nor want to, you know, prune palm trees. And I get that it's not the most, you know, glor, you know, glorifying, like exciting job, but dude, show me a job where you can be on your own time, you know, completely. It's like, I would get covered in dust and I would just walk, you know, go back to the house, shower off, you know, like restart. Like there's no rush. There was no, you know, it's nobody's bitching at you. And, but people just, you know, they don't want to do that kind of shit, which is fine, but it's, it's available. You can't say it's like the work's not there. Right. Exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, you know, you said it on here before, there's always work for those who are willing to do it. You know, it's just, that's what it boils down to. By the way, my palm tree could use a pruning. So next time you're up here, if you could uh, take care of that, that'd be, uh, that'd yeah, be that's, nice. Hey, I can do that free of charge and I, wow, I can even, what a guy. I can I even, take you out I can teach after. you, I can teach you how to prune your palm tree because you know, you can, you can prune a man's palm tree but if you can teach him to prune a palm tree he'll be able to prune his palm trees for What's the rest that of old life. saying you know prune a man's palm tree to feed him for a day <laughs> teach him how to prune a palm tree feed him for a lifetime exactly i'm pretty sure that yeah, yeah. all right we're, we're running out of time here and i don't and we're not having as deep a conversation as we were last week so i don't know how much we need to continue it i just want to apologize i don't know if I don't know if Dan's still listening to the show or not. I haven't talked to him recently, Dan from California. But uh, Dan, I just want to apologize to you because while this episode was going on, we were finishing up a game of chess and, and buddy, you, you played a good game. I mean, 80% accuracy in your moves. I mean, that's, that's pretty damn good. I just happened to throw 92% and, you know, it just is, uh, I slapped you that's with the tough, English opening, man. man. You know, next time I play C4, you got to you gotta go E5. You got to just try and take the middle back. Just a word of advice. Start from the beginning. Um, anywho. Jesus uh, Christ. The guy who taught you how to fucking play chess two and a half months ago. This is the shit okay, you're talking about. Well, like I right said, Dan, Dan is also probably has a life and he has a wife and he, you know, he's like a lovely <laughs> thing going for him. And meanwhile, I come home and crack open Bobby Fisher's my 60 memorable games and play through them on a board. So like, you know, it's, 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 it's a juxtaposition of lives here, Ben. Uh, Granted, I did go to the beach yesterday with my lovely girlfriend. So, that, you know, I guess I got stuff going on, too. And it's Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. It's always a shame not being at the beach. Those were the, the greatest yeah, no kidding, Fourth of but... July weekends. But, uh, hey, you know, just, what's that old expression? Don't uh, don't be sad it's over. Be happy it happened. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Fuck right. Don't cry because it's over. That's Smile it. because it that's happened. It. That's it. That's it um all right benny i know you got stuff to do i got stuff to do you got uh, you got anything else you want to add on no happy birthday america happy birthday america. this is even america anymore uh, i don't even know what's going on 
getting a little dicey, but uh, <laughs> Benny boy, great chat, pal. Love you. Love you, bro.